You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, check out DePietro.com. We have the story. Now, this is new language on the Rhode Island DHS, Department of Human Services website. <clears throat> new policy where they're now offering illegals, whatever term you want to use, illegals, migrants, people from foreign lands who have ended up, number one, in our country illegally, and number two, ended up in Rhode Island. They're now offering them SNAP benefits and cash benefits. So you can see the story. I have the direct links and screenshots of the Rhode Island DHS website. They're calling them refugees. Now, the thing is, uh, all of these people that come across the border, they all claim that they're refugees. So that goes out the window right there. Refugees are immediately eligible for benefits. These are crucial to their survival in a new country in our essential supports until they become gainfully employed, which they are expected to be within a year. Agencies help refugees, illegals, apply for and get the benefits below. Now, not only can they get the SNAP benefits, supplemental nutrition assistance, the EBT cards, but on top of that, in Rhode Island now with Governor McKee, they now also have, and this is new, According to my sources at DHS, this is new wording on the website, the Refugees Cash Assistance <clears throat> federally funded program helps refugee adults, illegals, ready for this, without children, providing cash assistance during their first eight months in the U.S., U.S. adults without children. Now, again, these means young men, 18, 19, 20 from pick a country guatemala mexico el salvador colombia they come into rhode island they're now giving them up to eight months cash payouts to be an illegal in the country and live in the state now there's more medicaid program now this is for low-income families illegals children pregnant women older adults if there's a disability again this is all new according to my sources at the rhode island department of health and human services <clears throat> this is new that they have added in these benefits now i know in the past i've asked and the mckee people have said that they would not receive ebt cards it's all right there on the website for Rhode Island DHS. So now, what what is the purpose of this? It's it's an attempt to lure them into the state. That just can't be denied. It is true that you have states like New York and Illinois that are complaining about all these busloads of and again, I don't want to bicker about whatever term people are most comfortable using. The term that's being used in the press is migrants. But make no mistake about it, they're, they're illegals. They're not supposed to be in the country. They're certainly not supposed to be here. Um, and again, people can try to argue and no one's illegal and blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is they're here. And if it, at the very least, the Rhode Island Department of Human Services, and this is through the McKee administration, that they are attempting to lure more of them in. Now, when you think about how much it costs for Medicare, by the way, the photo they have on all of there's a there's a photo of a family of one, two, three, four, five, a family of five on the website. Four parent, two of the parents have masks on. Two of the young children have masks on, and then there's a very young child. It looks like there's a mask present but not on. So don't tell me that that's not some kind of a message that they're trying to put out here. But all you have to do is go through uh, SNAP nutrition assistance program eligibility, and it takes you right there for all the different individuals. Uh, of which they're trying to, you know, uh, give aid to. So, and it's under Programs and Services, Refugee Assistance Program. Well, the Refugee Assistance Program uh, 
what that really is is that's for illegals now they're trying to say that it's refugees but what is what does that mean so i mean because they'll tell you all of the people that are coming into uh the country and the state in in their mind all those people they claim are that they're refugees coming from another country right that's why they're coming in here to seek asylum so it doesn't matter there's no war in mexico there's no war in guatemala this this is like this is just word gamesmanship right this is wordplay oh this is oh no it's not an illegal benefit it's a refugee benefit they're immediately eligible for benefits because they're refugees bunch of nonsense that's our taxpayer money the mckee is giving out folks again the website screenshots full story right there on depetro.com aj drywall plaster home improvement call them today for a free quote you can also find them on facebook 401 323 9252 323-9252 AJ drywall plasters home improvement frame to finish basements what a difference it'll make in your basement acoustic ceilings look how beautiful your ceiling could be new homes additions also commercial rehabs painting remodeling contact them today it's a family-run business AJ drywall plaster home improvements call for a free quote what a difference they'll make in your home your ceilings floors basements 401-323-9252 what a difference beautiful walls and ceilings 401-323-9252 you can also find them on facebook it's aj drywall plaster and home improvements for your home or business You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, the new year is definitely off to a good start, certainly based on the fact of what happened with the president of Harvard, Claudine Gay, forced to resign. She does keep her basically $900,000 salary. That's up to Harvard, though. That's up to Harvard that they um, are the ones that want to then pay her that. But just the fact, shortest tenure on record, and the fact that at least she was in fact forced out um that's all a positive she shouldn't have been there i think it's it's very fair to say that and uh examine that if she had not plagiarized she probably would not have put herself in a position to be the president of harvard so the fact that she is out um it, it should happen. It's a good sign. Claudine Gay resigning six months, only six months as the president of Harvard. I want to pick up uh, the Today Show did a piece on this, and it's terrific. So good welcome news. Yep. Is searching for a new leader That's after right. the president announced her resignation. Claudine Gay's decision to step down coming after weeks of scrutiny over her testimony at a congressional hearing on anti-Semitism and mounting accusations of plagiarism. NBC's Aaron McLaughlin is on Harvard's campus for us this morning. Aaron, good morning to you. Good morning, Craig. Harvard's Claudine Gay is the university's first black president. She's also now the second Ivy League leader to resign in recent weeks amidst backlash from that heated House testimony, as well as allegations of plagiarism. Harvard President Claudine Gay announced she's resigning. Gay's departure comes just six months into a turbulent tenure at the university. Writing in a letter to the Harvard community, this is not a decision I came to easily. I am Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard University. Gay says her decision comes after discussions with Harvard's top governing body about unrelenting scrutiny from critics who say she mishandled anti-Semitism on Harvard's campus, as well as plagiarism allegations in her academic work, which she has denied. Gay writing, it has been distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to confronting hate and to upholding scholarly rigor, two bedrock values that are fundamental to who I am. 
Calls for Gay's resignation growing after a congressional hearing about anti-Semitism and Islamophobia on college campuses, alongside the presidents of the University of Pennsylvania and MIT last month. This exchange with Republican Congresswoman Elise Stefanik going the viral. Is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. But growing pressure against the university started before that testimony. Alumni pulling back donations over the school's response to the Hamas terrorist attacks of October 7th. Harvard's governing body accepting Gay's resignation. Writing a statement, she acknowledged missteps and has shown remarkable resilience in the face of deeply personal and sustained attacks. Both on and off campus, Tuesday's move splitting the Harvard community. She lost the ability, at least in, in the perception of many students and faculty and alumni, um, to lead the university. I think that there were attempts for her to, to, to force her to resign for quite some time, starting with her congressional testimony. Harvard's governing board has announced the provost, Alan Garber, as interim president as they work to select a new leader. Meanwhile, Gay will stay on as a faculty member. Craig. It's about time. Now, uh, she shouldn't have been there in the first place. Boston Globe, it's a tragedy for Harvard. Black academics frustrated after she resigns when she was named the first black president in December of last year. Associate professor was thrilled and nervous, certainly a pride point, said Chardet Davis. But you already had a target on her back from the get-go. <clears throat> For black, th this is ludicrous. For black ac academics, that celebration soured in a shock and disappointment when she announced she was stepping down as president of the nation's most prestigious university. The announcement followed a series of crises marked the shortest tenure of any Harvard president. For many black academics, it also served a reminder, there's little room for error when you're a black leader in an arena still dominated by white men. That's all wrong. It had to do, she completely mishandled the campus after October 7th, and she completely mishandled, she, she's getting knocked with plagiarism charges. I'm sad and disappointed, said Janie Ward. I'm worried we may not have made the progress as we had wished. Well, the question is whether or not um, what, what are going to be the qualifications and what is going to be the standard. Another person quoted David Thomas, the allegations of plagiarism coupled with the criticism from student donors. She was too slow to respond to anti-Semitism on the campus. One can argue how severe her violations were. Once you have that sort of cloud around you, it's difficult to lead an organization. For her to step down under a cloud is disappointing. I want to repeat, she shouldn't have been there in the first place. She was not prepared to handle this. Um, in, in her questions, her responses, the way she handled her time in D.C. was pathetic. Mark Lamont Hill, I can't believe they're quoting him. Huge anti-Semite. Professor of Anthropology, Urban Education, City University of New York, agreed the plagiarism allegation warranted the departure, but was not quick to dismiss the political context. He was online saying, this is a public narrative about the unworthiness of a black woman. That's not what it is. Plagiarism is not known to be a black thing. It's not known to be a woman thing. But when it comes to gay, it's like, CC, we told you. Hill's been a vocal supporter of the Palestinian causes. He was subjected to criticism while teaching at Temple after using the phrase a free Palestine from the river to the sea. He apologized afterwards, said he did not support anti-Semitism. He absolutely did and does. So they can wring their hands all they want. <clears throat> she shouldn't have been there. Her, the past few months, has been nothing short of a disaster. And what does she do? She then takes no responsibility and and instead uh, blames the whole thing and says basically it's because of gender, um, ridiculous, duplicative language, inadequate citation. Yeah, that's what they call plagiarism. 
but she was unprepared to handle the campus in the aftermath of October 7th, where she was saying it depends on the context when people are calling for the genocide of Jews. Does that violate Harvard's rules? She answered it depends on the context because she was not prepared to be president. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Great meal, a great time is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn, Rhode Island tradition since 1977, 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. They have a large dining room, perfect, maybe a, a group, uh, maybe a collation, lunch. The Coesed Inn, getting a big group together or maybe just you alone or a date. 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. Great staff, terrific food. They're always working on the menu. And they also have a nice lounge as well. You have the market at Coesed right there. They're open seven days a week. I'll see you for a great meal. Make it the Coesed Inn. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Time for four stories. One of my siblings, it is Don Perry, independent opinion maker and columnist and DJ. Uh, I can share. It was nice. We had a chance to visit over the course of uh, the holiday weekend. And yes, one of the things, much like this, we uh, discussed <laughs> was the situation with the president of Harvard. And I I think there's... Um, the president of Harvard, uh, Claudine Gay, has now resigned. But um, it, it's really stunning when you think about it. Of It goes back to, you know, her in Congress with uh, Representative Lee Stefanik and her answers to, I guess, you know, uh, genocide would matter of context. And yep. it was right wing. Well, not I don't want to say right wing. Strike that. Conservative media that started to look at some of the things she had published and realized that there was a trail of accusations of plagiarism. And, uh, but it's, it's really stunning when you think about the, what has happened there. John, you know, <laughs> to say that this is all culminated in a very low moment for Harvard University, founded in yeah. 1636. Um, and I will give credit the the Harvard Crimson kids. Yeah. I know they're not kids. that They broke it. That's right. um, and they went out with it and said, look, she also the, had the shortest tenure of any president. Um, I think it's beside the point. She probably wasn't qualified to be the president of Harvard University right. and um, obviously all this other stuff. But look, um, you know, for uh, Rep Stefanik, this is not about this is a victory. This is a very important moment in this country. And yeah. I just, uh, you know, you want to walk people back and remember what really this is about, and now you do have liberal media, John, New York Times, and the Globe. I actually think it's kind of pathetic that they feel they just want to have a headline to say, oh, she stepped down because of the plagiarism accusations. We all know why that Harvard Corporation reversed course and said, boy, you know, she's got to go. Um, you know, let's just call it. She was asked point blank for everyone to see is calling for genocide against the Jews, Jewish people, hate speech. Is that considered that, you know, on your campus? Yes or no. And she equivocated and said, it depends, you know, it depends and it, you know, this and that. And John, right there, I, I think um, it's, it's just this very, uh, it should be a disturbing moment now. And after all these gyrations, by the way, and I think it's embarrassing that Harvard took all this time and all this you know, pretending they're backing her as some of the professors did. Um, so I, I would just say this. Yes, she has stepped down. But you know what, J.D., I also want to say we all saw with our own eyes and we've talked about it. We talked about it when we were together, you know, socially. Anyone could see the Jewish students on that campus and many other Ivy League campuses yeah. were are, have been physically afraid yeah. Yeah. You know, um, that Terrifying. everyone knows yeah. that and the pro-Palestinian student groups who are brainwashed, but, but partly because of how what is taught at the schools. Um, and I do want to note, I thought one of the best statements of today, and this is ongoing news, um, came from Virginia Fox. She's North Carolina rep and she's on that committee and they are investigating Harvard, John, because another thing this story is all about is money. The, you know, the U.S. Department of Education 
uh, if they have done blatant discrimination right. against people of a certain background, you, you know, we have heard about this for years. This is now all coming full circle. Lots of people are from different backgrounds and That's it is right. not, and you don't have a right to discriminate and the bias. And I thought um, that rep said something like, look, um, this is not just about Harvard with Claudine Gay stepping down today. She said there is a hostile takeover of post-secondary education right. by activists and woke faculty mm. and, and, you know, posing as educators. I thought that was a great statement. And she said the problems at Harvard are much larger than just one leader. Uh, let's remember that. And I thought that's a very important statement today in the midst of all this, right? Because Claudine Gage, on in a way, she's just a symptom Right. Of, of the larger problem. So I just wanted to point that out as we talk about it. Um, you know, and then there were people who were trying to just, okay, not, you know, beat up on the person as they're going out the door. But remember Larry Summers, uh, who, who is a Jewish uh, professional, a yeah. major player and, he, you know, stuff he talked about, by the way. And I, I thought that got lost a little bit in the shuffle. And I just think it's worth pointing out when he said, you know, my, own, you know, university. He's now, you know, retired from that. But he said, how come we can't find the same kind of moral clarity about what happened on October, you know, um, 7 and, and what is really going on in the Middle East? And we can't find the same moral clarity from the president's statement on the Hamas slaughter that we saw after George Floyd's death or Russia's invasion of Ukraine, all this other stuff, John. And, and I think that's a real, these are important things for people long after this episode. It's not just this woman, you know. Uh, look, she was digging herself into the grave, you know. I mean, let's be honest. But um, so I just think like that it's very important for everyone to, you know, keep track and understand that there's a larger problem going on. We yes. continue to see the pro-Palestinian student groups yes. um, around whatever, Providence, and Boston, New York. I mean, they're still taking over corners or whatever. Um, and, and so, and they're not, this is not for speech. And that was the point of that, inter you know, when she was at, at, on Capitol Hill. So it's interesting, Donna Perry, that apparently President Obama was the one initially who was kind of lobbying the board to keep her on. I think what we're also seeing is just oh, wow. backing DEI. <laughs> yeah. Well, initially he was after her yep. disastrous yep. appearance in D.C. But the whole element of diversity, equity, inclusion, what what is missed by that yeah. is she she wasn't, you know, pressure wasn't to, on to remove her because of gender or color. It's it's because it was fraud. She she lifted this. It was almost the notion of let's look beyond this because she really looks like the type of person that we want to say is the president of Harvard. Yes, absolutely, John. And Harvard has been playing at this game for a very long time. Yeah. But, you know, you really see when they call the chips in because, you know, unfortunately, that this they came to this reverse decision, remember, right before Christmas yes. or whatever it was, the corporation, very, you know, feeble little statement said, um, well, the vote was that, you know, it was very close. I don't even know if it was a close vote, but the Harvard Corporation runs that school. Right. And they basically said, well, we'll stand behind her. Huh. Well, things have spun around when, yeah. um, I mean, it was reported serious, serious money is pulling, getting pulled out of the Kennedy School yeah. of Government. I mean, wow. one of the most, right? And they talked about the Wexner Foundation. They got in touch with the school. They said, you know what? We're out. We're done. Huh. You know, and that's a prominent Jewish uh, organization. Yes, so, and good reason. Yeah, so, you know, um, then that, you know, the money talks. And, and Harvard, you know, the, it was just untenable to keep her. The plagiarism, in oh. some ways... But then that's almost like I, I feel like it is notable just to me, John, as you and I, I always observe how media plays it. Yeah. So you have the more liberal papers, the Globe, New York Times. They want the headline is, you know, um, she steps down because of the plagiarism. And we all know what is the true origin of how she began right. to be scrutinized. It was be, it's exactly just right. So, you know, on it goes. But um, is like I say, it's very dark and I would say quite a low moment for the university and you know we'll see how how they keep handling this 
Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber. JMB Plumbing. Call them today. All your plumbing needs. 401 743-9153 JMB Plumbing They've been providing plumbing services for years Skilled professionals stand behind their work Guarantee you will be happy Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes Repair clogged pipelines Maybe replace a, a water heater As well as all your plumbing needs Call them now It's JMB Plumbing 401 743 9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today, 401 743 9153. JMB Plumbing. And look for them on Facebook. Folks, we're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker, it's Donna Perry. And uh, DJ, now, I'd like to hear your thought on Iowa now. The Iowa caucus is now just two weeks away. What is your thought? President Trump right now does still have seemingly a commanding lead. But what do you make of uh, he's teaming up with Fox to do a town hall meeting um, across from when CNN is – is having you know they're trying to have a iowa debate i'll go first you know yeah uh, i know fox they were heavily lobbying president trump to come on you know and be part of when they hosted the debate there's something about this that it just Mm. kind of rubs me the wrong way that it's it's like almost encouraging the behavior i recognize fox realizes that they have an opportunity to score here and maybe a lot of the people don't want to watch the debate on cnn but there's just something about it to me that um, it sounds wrong because I would have thought at this point that he should be on that Iowa stage. But I want to hear your thoughts on it. Well, I would agree with that. I mean, I think that you're right. They're they're kind of falling in and they're allowing almost allowing him to, you know, have his own counter programming, obviously, right. has been been reported and what everyone's talking about. Um, and so they're now kind of you know, they've gotten soft on it and they falling in and giving him, you know, that his own stage and he doesn't have to stand there with Nikki Haley or DeSantis. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's a true, almost like a head to head network to network kind of moment. Um, you know, and I, I think he also would be from his perspective, we know how much, how I think he in particular hates CNN, Right. Because of all the history with him and the former president of the network and, you know, Jake Tapper and Dana Bash. And then they go up against Fox's uh, whatever, Martha McCallum, Brett Bear and all that stuff. Um, so I, I think here's what I, I do feel in the long scheme of things, the way this is all playing out. He remains with the widest margin. Yeah. But JD, I, I know I've said this and I'm, it's probably not a popular opinion in, in the Republican ranks, but I, I don't know that he really takes it to the finish line, by the way. Mm. And so what's happening is, you know, it really is now just the circus act. The media likes this but at large. They do. Um, you know, they really do just cover him nightly. Um, and I think what's happening now you know, if, if the ratings for Fox with Trump just clobber CNN's yeah. ratings, John, I think it, then it becomes, you know, a for a kind of a you know foregone conclusion. Is is there still a race actually? Yeah, I think he he you seemingly know? is fine as long as he's talking about they're coming after me and yep. the lawsuit so forth. Where he starts to fall off is when he actually starts talking about real policy. When he Mm -hmm. starts out of nowhere, as I've said in the past, throws out, oh, we're going to repeal Obamacare. Or he just starts kind of going off and they're not well thought out. And they're certainly not solid policies um, aside from the border. But there's just something about it that strikes me the wrong way. And and not only that, if you're Fox, he's been very, very rough on Fox and attacking them. I personally, I don't think they should bail him out. I I think uh, I and I get the reason of why they're. Just give them the town hall meeting and it's all business and counter programming. But, uh, you know, then they should remember that next time they want to have him on and then he's going to bail and and do something somewhere else. Right. Well, because he, John, I'll just say, I agree. Like he's he's like a mercenary. 
Yeah. You know, he's um, like a day trader, you know, yeah. like it's just what what Good is point. in front of me right now. Yeah. And then um, I'm your friend tonight and then I'll knock you guys around the block tomorrow. Um, he's always all been only and always about scorched earth approach. Yes. Um, yeah. it, it can it's ratings and people are almost excited, John. It's almost like he's more of an idea. Than, yes. than what could the actually actual... be a person to run the country. Yes, that is exactly right. You know, but Donna Perry, let's talk about New Hampshire. Uh, Governor Sununu really putting pressure, trying to anyhow, on uh, former Governor Chris Christie to pull out. Now, I mean, Nikki Haley could certainly make the argument that if Christie wasn't there, that she really narrows the gap. Um, what do you make of Sununu trying to pressure Christie in? What what? Would that mean if somehow Nikki Haley were to win New Hampshire? Well, I, I think there's going to there's now coming a point that um, and I, I sort of agree with him with Christie because he's I mean, I agree with Sununu because, John, like Christie, though, at this point, where, where does he go? Yeah. You know, it's not he's, happening. he's in it to he's to do, you one. know, yeah. yeah, you get you get um, back in the limelight and, you know, he's. He's going to all these different things, and then he got booed at the very conservative uh, yeah. Freedom Faith Coalition event. Um, I mean, he it started, you know, he was playing the role of I'm not afraid to knock down Trump and say why he's not good for the party, and he created all these problems. But Christie's enjoying the spotlight, and I think what Sununu is trying to say, and he's right, like, let's look at the calendar. He's saying, okay, but your time of just enjoying the spotlight has yeah. to be over right because you're actually hurting her yeah. and i think they believe she's however people feel i think they think she's their best hope yeah um and she can attract in the middle right and you and i've talked about this john there, there is very little evidence that you really can win an american presidential election without a broad coalition that's right it's just not about you know, just hardcore Trump voters. And people yeah. forget Trump won a broader coalition in right. 2016. Yes, Democrats voted yes. for him. That is exactly right. So, now, you know. But now speaking of uh, Democrats, uh, DJ, uh, Biden continues. He right now, with all the talk of, you know, maybe someone else stepping in, that certainly doesn't seem to be happening. The New York now entered. The talk he may replace Harris. That doesn't seem... I think you have a stubborn old president. He still is saying Trump's going to be the nominee. I'm the guy that beat him. I could yep. beat him again. I, I think this plays differently. Uh, Nikki Haley pulls really well against Biden. But I, I think that they are team Biden. I just think they are in the bunker in between him and the wife and the sister and the chief. Of <laughs> he, he's just he's not he's not leaving. And as much as people write on me. 40% of his term, he's been on vacation, but he he just holds on. It's like someone that feels they have the winning ticket. He continues to insist he, the party owes him because he's the one that beat President Trump. John, the more they push him or even talk about you might get out is only hardening his resolve. Yeah, the, the, and this is point. classic of a, a guy that's acting very 80-ish yes. in age. John, he could, I agree with you, he, they're at the point, you know, he could end up like in a wheelchair, but like FDR, John, yeah. they, he would say, then you can wheel me around. Right. But, um, I agree. I think he is saying, I am the president of the United States yeah. and you're not telling me that, you know, uh, we're going the distance here. It is now January. Um, it's amazing what the months have gone on and it's 2024. So I agree with you. I, I just think that also there is, you know, these races for practical reasons of, you know, you do deal with secretaries of state and you have to be on ballots. I just, I don't see it that time is, and I think intentionally him, the wife and the very tight insiders, John, they thought yeah. we'll just run out the clock. Right. And I think that's what they have actually successfully done. Yeah. So if you're a Gavin Newsom, J.D., you you cannot put this together state no. by state now. It's no. too tight on time, it in is. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
it looks like the matchup could be coming. Folks, again, it's a new year. We certainly uh, enjoy talking to her. DJ, it was great to see you. Big things ahead great now. Great to see at 24, you guys. as you know, on the men. Yes. Feeling so good. You glad. can tell everyone you saw me in person, <laughs> I right? I look okay. Yes. And your three so, wonderful, great-looking, yes. successful yep. children, boy. Everybody it was great good. visiting. And, so, and Kristen as well. Yep. All right, DJ. Happy New Year. Happy and, uh, New we'll Year. And we'll talk to you again. You got it. Propane Plus, call them today, heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401-885-4209. Three generations, they're available 24-7 for service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user-friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus folks you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipietro.com happy new year folks with uh, our segment politics this week with us managing editor justin katz editor of uh, anchor uh, anchorising.com and Justin, I'd like to start off, first of all, Happy New Year. And I want to go just go through with you, line by line. Governor McKee posted, Happy New Year, Rhode Island. Together, we did great things in 23. I sent that to you. First of all, first in the nation offshore wind compact. I'll start. I, I don't hear a lot about that. If anything, it seems like they're just making all of these jobs now have to be special interest union jobs. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, oh, happy New Year. Uh, the um, the offshore wind thing, it's it starts to, starting to feel like a almost the perfect storm of, of progressive and labor union and and big government uh, driven economics. I mean, they they insist they're going to do it. They make they have a whole bunch of people who have no choice but to pay for it, and they make a bunch of union jobs. And so that's that's maybe is. It, it might be an accomplishment to McKee's key constituency, which is the labor unions and giving them money. But other than that, it's just, uh, all right, well, I, it'd be great if, if this were, you know, bringing private sector jobs to Rhode Island or something like that. I mean, when wind was first introduced as a concept, offshore wind is, you know, the Saudi Arabia of offshore wind. We're going to bring right. jobs. We're going to be a hub. Rhode, um, Rhode Island's going to be on a map again. But instead, it, it's almost inverted. It's not bringing things in. It's just making us another sinkhole for special interest to, to take advantage of ratepayers, and i think that's that's i guess to some people that's a success but i certainly don't think it is his second item um i think is interesting Cybersecurity program at rhode island college now jim lanchman congressman lanchman he attended rhode island college so he leaves congress uh he's had a job forever he used to be at the rhode island state house he was secretary of state he's then was in washington all that time I mean, unless I'm missing something, all I see is he has created, meaning Lindsay now, created for himself like a little enclave at Rhode Island College. They call it the cybersecurity program. So now he has state staff. He has an office. I'm sure he has meeting space. Uh, A couple times a year, he'll just do some kind of symposium. But I I don't see that as as any – unless I miss something, Justin, I I don't see this as – like a, a major accomplishment of Governor McKee. No, well, certainly not. I mean, I, I don't know that he had anything to do with it. You know, it, it happened within the state in a period when he was in government. I mean, that's that's about it. And, I, you know, even as you say, it's questionable whether it's whether it's even accomplishment, whether he's involved or not. I mean, uh, it, it is a good indication of how how politicos can set themselves up with cushy jobs. That's for sure. And I but I don't know what its promises for Rhode Island, even for Rhode Island College to have such a, a, a program. I, I, it just, the, the pieces aren't there and it, it's certainly not a matter of, of public excitement and interest. So yeah, there you go. It's another another thing he can say happened in the state 
approximate and it, it benefits an insider that's for sure but other than that the, the it's questionable who actually makes anything out of it yeah you know it kind of reminds me of uh, judge williams and there's certain people there like this that when when they're going to move into a building they they want everything brand new but they don't want to say that so instead they say oh you know we discovered i remember judge williams did this um <clears throat> he needs extra meeting space so he's just they're going to convert right now it's it's like a closet uh, they're going to convert that to an office. And it sounds like, oh, wow, that's good of him. He's, they're gonna... But instead, what people don't realize is, you know, that everything is brand new. It's brand new flooring, brand new painting. I, I remember he did that. The, the renovation cost was, was thousands of dollars. So, but with the Langevin thing, I, Rhode Island College, if anything, it's struggling so much now they have to offer free tuition. Um, I, I can't, it just doesn't go hand in hand with somehow someone would be going there and then studying cybersecurity. But let's move on to the next one. This is Governor McKee now, tens of millions of dollars in tax relief for businesses. Now, Justin, when I hear from the business community is basically this becomes, they dangle a carrot that they could potentially, you could get tax relief, but it, it all seems to be they're the kingmaker. They reward who they want to. And as you can imagine, the coincidence that all these people end up being contributors to the governor's campaign. Well, certainly, there's a, there's the two the two guiding principles of, of government, especially with tax when they call it tax reform. Is one they really get to they make the decisions. You have to act like they want you to act. So in, in essence, yep. they become uh, sort of like uh, a share owning board member, right? You, you you have to turn to them and they and follow their rules, and and then they'll give you some money. Uh, that's one part of it. The other part of it is always. They overtax so that they can give a little bit back to you. And that's the big scheme in Rhode Island is that they'll tax you $100. And then if you do what they say, they'll give you a tax break of $10 back, you know, that kind of thing. And that's, it doesn't, it's not tax reform. And I mean, $10 million is a drop in a bucket anyway, but are even tens of millions. And I, so I, it's, it's another just gimmicky thing they say to, to generally just trick people into think, thinking they're doing something positive when, when they're, they're really not. You know, they ought to be getting out of the way and doing massive tax reform. If you want to brag about something, that would be the way to do it, a, a new vision for the future. This is like, even even at its best, even if we take this at its face as tax relief, it's it's small ball. It's not going to make any big difference. It's kind of like, eh, you're a constituency. I'll squeeze out a little bit of extra for you, so maybe you'll vote for me and not hate me so much. But that's that's really the extent of it. I also I don't see any local media coverage on um, and I sent you this money back in pockets. New Massachusetts tax bill takes effect. The calendar flipped, which it did. Uh, Justin, that is the, the state next door to us. And what, what I'm amazed is just there's no local media coverage uh, of asking Governor McKee, how is it that Massachusetts and what I like about it, it, it goes across the board. Right. When there's tax cuts, it benefits it benefits everyone. The McKee way is he decides who benefits from his tax programs. And it's certainly not the, the consumers of anything. I mean, we are so overtaxed. Right. Well, it is a, it is a good contrast. I mean, it's, it's not quite the, the flat rate reduction I'd want to see in Massachusetts, but they are, right. they, they, they're using the policy to, to pick winners and losers to some extent, like renters get out, make out uh, elderly people, uh, families so there is still some social engineering involved but it's it's sort of like the old school version where it's not in rhode island we the contrast is very telling in rhode island it is really you have to trade your some of your your autonomy to get this tax break in, in massachusetts it's a bit more we we like families we like older people we want to help renters so you all get tax relief and i think that's i mean it, it is ultimately redistribution but at least it's it's just kind of setting up the broad rules. And I think you're, you're right. It's well, especially when he's putting out claims of tax relief. I mean, are there no, are there no cub journalists sitting around who could call up his office to say, what's this with the tax relief? How does this work? What's your comment in contrast to Massachusetts? And I think those, those would be interesting questions to have him have to answer. And just finally, uh, the governor lists, he lists 35 million utility rate relief, but learn 365 RI expanding learning opportunities but Justin, as you and I have discussed, they, they can do all they want. The bread and butter, the meat and potatoes, 80% of learning goes on during the day. Uh, to me, this is just another example of his fear and reluctance uh, to take on the teachers union, to push for real change in the public school program. Instead, they just decide to nibble at the edges and offer after school programs. 
Right. It's like it's like he's admitted he he can't possibly touch real education problems. So we're we're going to offer this separate side program, and it, it's still undefined as far as I can see. I mean, it, to the extent you want, it's not like a, a carefully thought out policy. And what's what's really striking about Learn three sixty five is you you can see it coming. You know, it was set up so that it could be on this list. He was thinking, I have no accomplishments. I'm taking credits for things that I didn't do. Let's let's create a program that I can call my own. And even if it does nothing, at least I can put it on my end of year. We had a great year uh, list of a half a dozen items, which is pretty pitiful in itself, and say, look, we've got this new program. Uh, but I, I, you don't hear people talking about it. You don't hear it making any big deal. deal difference out there. Uh, it's kind of like a slow, a slow, painful process of him getting local communities to sign a document that says somehow that they're involved with it. Uh, it's, it's really, uh, you, you can see it coming as something that was cooked up to, to be able to call it an accomplishment. Folks, quick break, much more ahead. Politics this week, Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Follow on the scene live stream that's our Facebook live stream page. You can go to the website, dipetro.com. There's a link there. Or on Facebook, just find the John DePetro Show. That's where we do the on-the-scene live stream. Follow all the action. Make sure you follow our Facebook page. Our segment is Politics This Week. With us, Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Well, Justin, you and I had been talking about it with the Rhode Island Heritage Hall of Fame and pushback and resignations and all the coverage they've gotten when it comes to uh, former General Mike Flynn. Well, now they have, in fact, caved, so to speak. They didn't disinvite uh, the offer to induct him, but they're, they're, quote, deferring to a more peaceful, rational time. what, What is your thoughts on this whole fallout and how this has settled right now with General Flynn? Well, for one, my first thought is you, you can really see how important this organization is to its board members, that they're all resigning over this. Nobody's nobody's trying to reform it. Nobody cares to stay on. And it, it's almost like, well, I don't want to be tainted with them. this. It's just, and it, you know, it's not really a surprise. Being a member of the board, you get to nominate people. And it's, it's kind of like a status symbol in, in Rhode Island, you know, like the low numbered license plates are a big deal. You know, that kind of, I'm on the Heritage Board Hall of Fame. I can, I can, in, vote to induct you um and they're all so they're all flying but what's what's really been striking is how how strongly this has been news media driven uh and just there's a certain class and it it, it's been a mystery to me i mean if i had more time maybe i would i would have dug into it some years ago but the reaction among some of the Rhode island media to mike flynn is, is just strange to me. You'd think he was a, yeah. an especially evil person who did something per- particularly terrible. And it's just, it, the reaction to him is, uh, is almost inexplicable. But I think what it is, is he's sort of their local opportunity to kick at Donald Trump and to be part yeah. of that whole thing. And so it's been really media driven. They've just, they, they don't like this guy. They don't want him recognized. Uh, and I, he, I would offer up also a, somewhat of a warning. I mean, they, you go from zero to 60 on the traitor uh, accusation. It's like they they say, well, that's sort of metaphorically treachery, traitor, uh, treason. And then suddenly it's not. It's real. Uh, and I think that's in some ways it's, it's almost a similar story to, to Donald Trump being kicked off of ballots in, in certain states. It's like, well, he wasn't really. I mean, this was you know, that was the 14th Amendment was kind of about people conducting an actual civil war. Uh, This doesn't really apply and et cetera, et cetera. He hasn't been prosecuted for it in particular. Uh, And so that's, you know, that's, it's just their way of virtue signaling that they're in on that. And, you know, one of the things people should remember too is their claims, oh, he, he worked with Russian agents, et cetera. He lied to the FBI. You know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that these same journalists and progressives and others who object to this would be just fine with people lying to the FBI, as long as it's for a cause they believe in. And that's, that's really the, the standards here are so subjective. Uh, it's just, just a way to, to play in a national game. And it, you know, it's interesting. I had a couple back and forth with Dan McGowan on social media uh, where you know, he's emphasizing oh, local journalists don't get involved in, in, presidential politics well no that's exactly what this is this is trying to trying to make 
a particular candidate and more broadly um, up the MAGA perspective, but trying to make it toxic. Uh, just because it's a local angle to do that doesn't mean that's not what you're doing. And I think so. I think that's what it is. But at this point, it's, it's gotten caught up in this this social contagion where these people with, without a whole lot of integ- integrity. I mean, if you ever are looking for board members or people you want on your team, look at this list of people resigning from the Heritage Board Hall of Fame and and, um, and don't hire them and don't bring them on because they're not going to be reliable. They're in it for the status and they're not willing to put in any work or, or put a put a face on against any any controversy whatsoever. You know, it was interesting, Justin. It was also like universal. It was it was completely like it wasn't even a question in their mind that this is someone to go after. Um, this is someone to like take down um, there. I, I think there, there are countless arguments around here or certainly in the state that you could make against various individuals. But you're exactly right. Flynn went to another level as way to go after President Trump. By the way, a, a story that I'm waiting to kind of watch is now Secretary of State Greg Amore, he had already come out early, by the way, and said that President Trump would qualify under the ballot. I almost get the impression there would be that type of, what we saw with Flynn, there'd be that type of momentum to put pressure on Amore to just, you know what, who cares what the law is? Take him off the ballot, right? Like, that's the right thing to do. And just, I, I could totally picture like a mic stand and that crew, like, just take them off the ballot and then let them try to fight you to get on. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's, they, they like the fight. And I, but I think it really ties into, um, I mean, the, in my view, the, the biggest thing President Trump did was he, he gave Americans uh, a way to put an eye in the establishment and say, you know what, we're in control here. You don't control right. us. This is what we want. You people on both, in both parties, when we win, we lose. When we lose, we lose this guy's going to go in there and at least disrupt things a bit. And that was the point. And I think a lot of those elite folks concluded, well, then clearly we have to make it so that these people don't have power anymore. These, these, these unwashed masses. And I think that you're exactly right. The, 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 there's people itching, please, Greg Amore. And now they're out there. Who else can do this? The board of elections can, they, they want to do it. Never mind the law. This is too important. This is we've got right. to destroy democracy to save it. You know that's that's they've talked themselves into this bizarro world, and I think that's it's a, a really uh, it, it, it's a toxic attitude. And I think it's 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 probably humming and percolating right under the right under the surface. And and another thing goes goes back to Mike Flynn that I find striking is I mean whatever you think about his politics or if you agree or disagree or if he got a bum rap or he he didn't get enough time or whatever it might be uh, the guy has accomplishments right he's general yeah. and a lot of the people who are most hostile have no accomplishments. I mean I mean that doesn't mean they they necessarily not everybody can be a general so it's not like it's it's any a knock against them for that but their attitude like they're these these Brahmins or these these great people who've done something or, you know, I'm a professor at URI. Okay, well, how does that qualify you to pass moral judgment on on a, a general in the U.S. Army, you know, or in the U.S. military? I, I just, there's this big disconnect where they get to virtue signal and somehow that makes them, they get to kick the people while they're down, you know, it, which is, which is, makes it even more, the idea that our elite is now the ones kicking people when they're down is, really shows you where we are with, uh, you know, the idea of a meritocracy. Folks, quick break, much more head politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here, New Year's edition on the John DePietro Show. Check out DePietro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, all our links to social media, exclusive stories and videos waiting for you at DePietro.com.